Hi, everyone. I'm Pastor Mimi Kim, one of the pastors here at Hope Church. Um, I wanted to add to the announcement that Pastor Q said earlier. Um, on J August 2nd, August 2nd, the first Sunday in August is when we're planning to have in-person worship lim in limited ways, following all the guidelines here. But starting next Sunday, I believe that's July 27th, July 26th? July 26th. Next Sunday, July 26th is very important. Worship will be at 2 o'clock. So if you're joining us virtually and otherwise with YouTube, um, on our website, as well as on Facebook, tune in starting at 2 o'clock, not 12 noon, but 2 o'clock next Sunday. Okay, I just want to make sure that tuning in too early and think that you missed it. So two o'clock next Sunday. But the in-person worship is going to happen the week after that, which is August 2nd. So today, today's message, um, what I wanted to talk about is fear. It's the topic of fear. It seems like these days there's no shortage of things to be fearful of and to be afraid of. There are a lot of things happening. Everything that's going on in the world, I mean, it's no wonder that people are so fearful. There's a lot to be, to be honest, there's a lot to be scared of and fearful of. This is an election year, so I know that there are political fears. You know, what's going to happen? Who's going to win? I know that there are people who are fearful that Trump will win a second term. But then equally, there are people who are fearful that he won't win a second term. So there's political fears. There's also economic fears with everything that's happening. There's recession, loss of jobs, um, and also the stock market being unstable, lots of people being close to retirement. There's just such uncertainty surrounding um, the economy right now. There's also fear about our health. Obviously, with the pandemic, and as you know, the numbers are, are surging and are rising, about con you know, getting COVID-19, that is a valid uh, fear, fear over our health that we would get it, or a loved one, someone that we know, family members would get it. There's also fear and anxiety about the world that we live in, about um, just every day, about our society, and there's this fear because of everything that's happening with the racial tensions, with injustice that we're fighting, with the rioting, with protests and civil unrest. Um, it just makes people very nervous and, and fearful about our future and how we're raising our kids these days. So there seems to be this general feeling overall of anxiety, unease, and fear that a lot of people are experiencing today. And I think this is especially true of those people who are entering into a new phase or a new stage in life. Uh, those who are entering a new season, whether it's starting a new job or starting a new school, starting a new family by getting married or having a baby, um, Lots of that happening at our church, babies being born and uh, people getting married, even in the midst of uh, the coronavirus. Whether it's moving or buying a house, leaving uh, Maryland, just a lot of time of transition and things that are happening. My girls, I can scarcely believe it, they're actually starting high school next month. 
can't believe it. They're starting high school. Thought that they wouldn't come. But with that, I've been talking with them, and they're super excited. They'll be going to a new school, new teachers, new everything. But there is, of course, a measure of fear. There is some um, fear about, you know, the unknown, and, you know, they're going to be at the bottom of the, uh, the totem pole in terms of they'll be freshmen um, and all these upperclassmen. So there's fear about that. I also believe that we as a church, that Hope Church, is entering into a new season on, on different levels, that we're entering into a new phase on many different levels. And so along with all these changes comes fear. No one likes change. Why do you think no one likes change? It's because we fear it. We fear change. No one likes it. But in life, we know that change is unavoidable. It is inevitable. And so the choice that we have, since it's unavoidable, the choice that we have is that we can either appreciate the new opportunity or this new potential that it brings, or we can be fearful of it. We can be fearful of the uncertainties that it presents. Everyone knows what it feels like to be afraid. Everyone has been afraid of different things, and they have different fears in their lives, different things that, whether it's rational or irrational fears, we all have fears. But not all fear is bad. Some fear is actually good. It's actually good for us. Sometimes a healthy dose of fear keeps us from doing things that we shouldn't do. And I'm thinking about young children here, right? We teach our children to be uh, afraid or to be fearful uh, of, of strangers, right? Don't talk to strangers. Don't open the door to strangers. Uh, we teach our kids um, to be cautious, uh, to be careful about certain things, um, Great example is my daughters. They are very, very deathly allergic to peanuts and all tree nuts. They have to have an EpiPen with them at all times. They could die within minutes of ingesting peanuts or tree nuts. And so when they were really, really young, we're talking like two, three, four years old, how can I keep them safe, right? Because even my own mother, their grandmother, she would forget at times and, and give them snacks or give them something that maybe has peanut butter in it or, or, or something like that. Or around Halloween, all the trick-or-treat candies and, you know, people will offer it to my kids. And so it was very scary. Um, and my kids having this huge allergy to nuts. And so what I did was I taught them to be deathly afraid of peanuts and all tree nuts. I mean, I put the fear of into them to keep them safe so I would tell them like I would explain to them you know before you eat anything if anyone ever gives you something to eat before you put anything in your mouth you must ask them over and over again is there any nuts in it or you must come to me and you must um, check with me before you put anything in your mouth because you could die like I was really emphatic about this like and for such a young age maybe they don't understand what death means and so I was very elaborate. I told them, you know, it will be separation. You'll never see your mom and dad again, ever. Um, like I would tell them, it's the worst pain. If you eat or taste any nuts or peanuts, it'll be the worst pain you've ever felt. And you know, kids are afraid of blood. So I went even as far as to tell them, if you eat peanuts or any kind of nuts, blood will gush out. I told them like you would bleed from your nose and mouth and um, ears and stuff. And 
Yes, you know, that's not true, but seriously, anaphylactic shock is, is nothing to um, joke about. And so in hindsight, I realized maybe I terrorized my kids, but it kept them safe. They were very afraid. They still are afraid of peanuts and tree nuts because, because of this. So there is such a thing as healthy fear. But there is a phrase that we find often in the Bible, um, especially in the book of Proverbs. And this phrase is fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord phrase is found 22 times in the NIV translation in the book of Proverbs. Here are um, a few that I want to show you. Proverbs 1.7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Also in Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content, untouched by trouble. And here's one from Isaiah. Isaiah 33.6 says, he will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And even one from the New Testament, Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. But this fear that we're talking about here is kind of a, it's a healthy, reverential type of fear. This kind of fear is the kind of fear where you kind of stand in awe. You know, it's like um, it's this great respect, reverent fear, and, and great respect of the Lord. It's like the healthy fear and respect that I think that kids should have for parents. I think that it's good that younger kids have a healthy fear, healthy respect of their parents. Um, I, again, tell my kids, even when they were younger, I would tell them, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you know? And then I would also ask my daughters, I'd be like, do you think mommy's scary? I would ask them, do you fear mommy? And they'd be like, yes, yes. And I'm like, good. Fear of God and then fear of mommy and daddy. I would always tell them that because I want them to know, not that I'm scary and mean and stuff like that, and they understand that, but that there has to be a healthy fear of the Lord, awe and reverence, but also not awe and reverence of me as a parent, but a healthy fear and respect for me as their parent. But this, the spirit of fear that I want to talk about today is the harmful kind. It's, the, it's a detrimental, um, uh, harmful fear. And this fear keeps us from doing the things that we ought to be doing. First, this spirit of fear makes us miserable. It just makes us miserable. The type of fear that I'm talking about will make us miserable. It haunts us. It accuses us. It intimidates us. If we're not careful, some of these things can happen as a result of living in constant fear. I want to list um, six different things that may happen that we can experience if we are living in constant fear. 
One is we experience a lack of enthusiasm for life and for living. You know what I'm talking about. When you're in constant fear, things just aren't exciting. Things just aren't meaningful um, as before. Like maybe a, a loss of appetite, the foods that you used to enjoy, the activities that you used to enjoy, the enthusiasm for life and living are just not there anymore. Also, um, you may have unfocused thoughts. You may be distracted, um, and you're not able to concentrate because basically it's fear that you're all consumed with, and so you're always distracted and unable to focus. You may also stop interacting with people. You may become antisocial. You just want to be left alone so that you can try to deal with it by yourself, and you just don't want any company. Also, you may eventually turn to destructive or even um, dangerous, sinful behaviors because you don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way because this consuming fear that you're living with day to day. You don't know how to deal with it. And so you turn to unhealthy ways of coping with this fear. Number five, you may begin to experience health problems, right? Living with constant fear and anxiety in your life will produce stress on your physical body. Kind of like, you know, um, kids who are bullied at school, in elementary school, you hear about this all the time. Kids who are bullied in elementary school, they actually have headaches and they have stomach aches because they don't want to go to school. It causes such fear and anxiety in them because they know going to school and there's a bully waiting for them. So much so, there's physical manifestations of um, an illness. And finally... Living with constant fear can ruin our intimacy with God, can really be detrimental to our relationship with God. And that's because we may unconsciously blame God for what it is that is causing this fear. We may think that God is not a loving God after all because of this fear that we are experiencing. Now, do any of these sound familiar? Any of these, the six that I just um, spoke on, if any of these sound familiar or things that you may be experiencing or going through, then you may be living in fear. Fear of an uncertain future, fear of getting COVID-19. I know that's a real fear. We've got health workers. We've got people who uh, need to return to work. We've got uh, school year coming up. Um, all these things, fear of failure. They're trying to juggle. I've been hearing as a prayer request from some of um, the people in my congregation that um, they have this fear of a failure at work, that they're not uh, doing the job well or adequately because they're also trying to manage, you know, the kids who are, who are at home. They're not able to go to summer camp or, or, or things like that. Um, so the fear of failure at work or the fear of um, failure as a parent, because they're unable to juggle it well, and so they're not able to give the time and care and, and what they need to do to nurture their child because they've got some, so much stuff going on with work. I said at the beginning that this spirit of fear, it makes us miserable. And what we must know is that this fear is from the enemy. Satan is a master of lies. And he is using, he can use our fears to paralyze us. Satan uses our fears against us and paralyzes us so that we would be ineffective for the kingdom of God. 
Did you know that the number one reason that Christians and people that we don't share the gospel and we don't share our faith or witness or evangelize to people, the number one reason is fear. It's a fear of rejection. We're afraid that, you know, we're afraid, what, what will they think of me? Or we're afraid that they'll reject us and they don't want to hear what we have to say, that they don't want to hear about it. There's fear of failure. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I, I can't answer questions that they have for me as I'm trying to witness to them? What if I do a bad job? What if I misrepresent God, misrepresent Christians, um, you know, altogether? You know, and so this fear keeps us. Fear of rejection, fear of failure keeps many from being witnesses. Did you know that oftentimes it's fear that keeps us from serving? Fear that we don't know enough to be a Sunday school teacher, right? You get asked to volunteer for Sunday school or to do, um, you know, to lead a group or something at church. And it's a fear of, oh, I don't know enough. I can't be a teacher. How can I teach others? Or if, for, if you're asked to be a deacon or an elder or a ministry leader or a small group leader, it's a fear that, what, no, no one will follow me. No one will see me as a leader. And so you have these doubts and you have this fear. Fear may even prevent us from receiving God's blessing, from receiving God's miracles. Like at a healing service or a revival. If, if a pastor comes to town with healing gifts and he's speaking at a healing service or a revival, some who need healing may actually hesitate to come forward. They may actually hesitate because they fear, what if I don't get healed? Or they think, what if I'm the only one that doesn't receive healing? Right? Like, those things are in the back of my mind or in the back of people's minds, even at the cost of missing out on receiving, right? Because of fear that you might not receive or you might be the only one in the whole row of people who have come up for prayer and you're the only one that's not touched or the only one that doesn't um, get slain in the spirit or, or, or something like that. As I said, Satan is a master at using our fears against us so that we miss out on the blessings that God has for us. But the good news is, the good news is that we belong to God. And he that is in us is greater than he, Satan, that is in the world. 1 John 4.4. 4. In the King James Version of the Bible, the phrase, fear not, appears 63 times. 63 times, fear not. In the NIV, the phrase, do not be afraid, you know, do not be afraid. That phrase appears 65 times. Let's look at one of our key verses for today. It's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The New Living Translation, NLT, actually adds the word fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Because of God, we are able to face our fears and overcome them. I've shared a few times about my own fears. You guys, um, 
I share a lot about different things about my personal life. And so everyone at church knows the things that I have phobias about, things that I'm afraid of and such. But I've shared a few times now already about how I was able to overcome my fear of insects. Entomophobia is what it's called, fear of insects. And the way I was able to overcome the entomophobia, the fear of insects, it was through inner healing. It was through a spiritual experience. It was through um, this program, this uh, ministry called Sozo, but it was through a legitimate God encounter that I was able to receive healing and to overcome uh, my incredible fear of insects. So from this verse, we see that God has given us three things, three things that can help us in overcoming fear in our lives. The first one is the spirit of power. It says here, the spirit of power. Let me look at um, four verses that talks about this power. Acts 1.8, the well-known verse. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, who gives me this power. Romans, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Scripture is clear here. It's clear that we have God-given power at our disposal. And along with that power comes authority. God has called us sons and daughters. We are his heirs. And because we are his heirs, we have our father's authority. So we have this spirit of power to overcome fear in our lives. Secondly, look at 1 Timothy again, 1 Timothy 1.7. It says that we've been given the spirit of love, a spirit of love. So how does love help us overcome fear? Well, 1 John 4.18 is crucial here. 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This verse tells us, basically, that fear and love cannot coexist. The closer you get to love, the farther away you get from fear. So, the more we love God the less we have to fear. It's a matter of trust. When we realize that God perfectly loves us unconditionally and that he is for us, then we're able to say, who can be against us? We're able to say, who or what do we have to fear? When we realize that God is 100% for us and loves us unconditionally. Romans 8.28 is another very well-known, often quoted verse. Romans 8.28, it promises that for those who love God, he is working all things together for our good. 
This knowledge should alleviate, it should relieve us of our fears to know that for those who love God, he is working all things together for our good. But not only does loving God move us farther away from fear, so does loving others, loving God's people, loving other people. That also drives fear away. And here's how that works. Because love causes us to overcome our own fears for the sake of others. Does that make sense? Love causes us to overcome our own fears for the sake of others. For example, it's like a parent. Like any, those of you who are parents out here. You can completely understand a parent running into a burning house, burning building to save their child right? You could totally imagine it. I'd probably do it. A parent trying to run back into a burning house to save their child, not fearing fire, not even fearing death, because the parent's love for that child supersedes such fears. Fear of fire, even fear of death. It supersedes it because the love that they have for that child to rescue that child is what they're thinking about. And that's why our love for others should compel us to tell others about Jesus. It should compel us to witness and to evangelize and to share our faith. Because loving them, it should drive away any fears and any doubts that we have about witnessing and leading them to Christ. It should compel us to serve um, in our Sunday schools and to volunteer in mercy and outreach ministries and activities and events without fearing rejection or without um, fearing failure that may happen. And finally, the third thing that we've been given, looking at um, 2 Timothy again, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Self-discipline. The King James Version says, a sound mind, that we have been given a spirit of self-discipline or a sound mind. Oftentimes, our fears are the result of wrong thinking. But when we receive the spirit of self-discipline, our mind is renewed. The renewing of our minds happen. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We can look at that. Look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our hearts and minds are guarded against fear by the peace of God. With self-discipline, we can make rational choices that help us overcome fear. We can make sound decisions. And God's peace God's peace, not worldly peace, the peace that the world can give us. It's God's peace that will keep us from fear and that will help us to make those sound decisions. We cannot, the fears of the world and and things of this world cannot dictate the decisions that we make. Our minds must be stayed on God, stayed on Jesus, so that no fear And we're able to make sound decisions with a sound mind. So let me wrap up here. 
this word, I really believe, is important um, for us today. Even as I was writing this sermon and I was working on it at home, my cell phone um, got an alert. I, I get um, notifications, alerts from CNN. And it pops up on my cell phone, an alert saying that um, record number of coronavirus cases, I think something like 77,000 positive cases in one day, right? That alert just popped up, even as I was uh, writing this message. And the coronavirus is just surging even as places are reopening, right? Hope Church, we were announcing that we're, we're planning to, in two weeks, to be able to have in-person gathering as well. And also people, I know some people in our church members are also being called back into the workplace, meaning back to the offices to work, and there's fear surrounding that. Teachers and students, I've been seeing a lot of things on social media um, because we have a lot of members of our church who are teachers and just the fear of having to go back into the school buildings. Students too, parents, uh, fearful about having to send their kids back. We need to live each day and make decisions with the confidence that our God has not given us a fear it has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but rather that our God has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So if you're struggling with fear today, fear about your health, fear about your finances, fear uh, concerning your family, fear about your future, I invite you to come. I invite you to come to the Lord and to receive from him. Experience the perfect love that casts out all fear. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, Father, as we hear from your word today, God, that you have not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but God, that you have given us this, this spirit of, of power and of love and of um, self-discipline and a sound mind. Help us to move and to walk that out. Father, to have a clear mind that you are so in love with us, that you have our very best interest at heart, God, and that your protection is upon us, even as the rest of the world, because of the pandemic, because of social unrest, because of everything that's happening around us. Um, Lord, even as things are chaotic, help us to remain firmly grounded in the knowledge that you are for us and not against us and that our, your protection is upon us. Whom should we fear? In whom? Father, we fear nothing. Help us to have the confidence, God, confidence in you. So, Lord, those of us who are in fear about what's happening, help us to come to you today, Lord, and to lay our burdens at your feet, to lay our fears at the foot of the cross so that you can minister to us, so that you can come, Lord God, and just fill us with your perfect love that casts out all fear. So God, may that be the prayer of our, of our hearts today. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.